0: Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman.
1: Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is Attorney Bob Bergman broadcasting from my offices in San Jose, California, in the Cambrian Park area. If you're familiar with San Jose, you know that that is basically near Camden, And uh, Hillsdale and also Union Avenue, uh, also near the uh, former Camden High School, now Camden Community Center. So that's kind of the Cambrian Park area of San Jose. Um, I had a great time last week with my family um, down in Southern California. We went to Universal Studios. It was freezing cold and rainy and we had a great time, but I don't think I'm doing that again anytime soon. I find as I get older... Um, The cold affects me more. Those of you who are in later years in their life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who have yet to reach later years, you're probably saying, oh, Mr. Bergman's probably a lightweight if he can't handle a little cold and rain. Well, I'll raise my hand up right now and say, right now, I'm a lightweight. Cold and rain is uh, effectively uh, affecting me more than it has in previous years. And um, I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, One of the beauties of getting older is that there's a lot of things that you used to be ashamed of that you don't have to be ashamed of anymore because, quite frankly, you just don't care. Now, I want to let you all know that uh, I've been informed by the station that uh, in addition to the rebroadcast of my shows on Saturday afternoons at 3 o'clock and Tuesday evenings at 6 o'clock, They are adding Monday afternoons at 2 o'clock, so the same time slot as my regular show here on Friday, but a rebroadcast the following Monday at 2 o'clock. So if you happen to miss my show, you now have three other times where it's rebroadcast, Saturday at 3 p.m., Monday at 2 p.m., and then Thursday at 6 p.m., excuse me, Tuesday at 6 p.m., and then you can get a chance to hear the show. If you have, if you like something you hear and you want a friend to listen, let them know that they can do that as well. They can also go, or you could also go to kdow.biz, B-I-Z, and look for my shows in the podcast there. Because all of my shows are podcasts. They are basically organized by date. Sometimes there's a little description in there of what the show is about. But uh, generally by date. So if you miss this show today or you want to listen to it again, you have three rebroadcasts that you can listen to. And you can also go to kdow.biz where you can actually subscribe to my podcast so you never miss a show again. You can also listen to the show through the uh, KDOW app on your iPhone or Android phone. Um, You can download those and you can stream my show from anywhere in the country and you can also listen to the podcast through the app if that is easier for you. Now, something I've been doing for now well over 30 years is is seminars on living trusts and uh, probate and estate taxes and all kinds of things that I know everyone in the world is excited to learn about. Um... (laughs) Yes, of course, I'm kidding. Um, What I do for a living is not exciting to many, many people, probably most people. But it's exciting to me because I know that the things that I do are going to help families now and in the future when family members become incapacitated or start passing away. I also know that there are things I do that can immediately enhance the lives of families uh, that are dealing with the death of a loved one and maybe property that was left outside of a trust, and and I have ways to get it into a trust quickly so that it can be used to distribute to a family who may be greatly in need of the monies that are coming as part of an inheritance. So I enjoy doing what what I do, and one of the things that I enjoy a great deal doing is presenting Living Trust seminars to the general public. Now, I typically do these now in my office here in San Jose. I do have one coming up, the last one for 2019, that will be on December. Make sure we get this date right as I open up my calendar. Uh, December 14th, which is a Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. And it will be in my office here in San Jose. It already has a number of registrations. There's still... Still, I think, six or seven places left for that seminar. If it gets all filled up in the next um, week or so, I may add a second seminar at 12 o'clock noon on December 14th, but that's not guaranteed. If you can't make it to one of my seminars, you can always watch an earlier version of my seminar at my YouTube channel, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman, uh, type in, uh, in fact, to get it to it quickly, just go to YouTube, type in the Living Trust Seminar, and you will find that my seminar is at the very top of the organic listings for that search term. You'll see a green box with the words Living Trust Seminar, and you click on that and you go right to my viral Living Trust Seminar from 2014, which has much of the same information of my seminars today. Some of the numbers have changed for federal estate tax exclusions and things like that. But the principles of living trust planning, inheritance planning, asset protection planning for inheritances passed on to spouses and to children and grandchildren, those things have not really changed. So if you can't make it to a live seminar, Go to my YouTube channel. I think I have over 56,000 views of that seminar now, which I think officially makes it viral. Not bad for an estate planning attorney in San Jose, California. I know that it has a national reach now. I sometimes get calls and emails from people in other parts of the country asking me if I can help them. And I have to explain that I'm a California attorney. I can't help them directly But I belong to a network called Wealth Council that enables me to refer people to attorneys, competent, highly qualified estate planning attorneys all over the United States. So, I mean, if you have someone in another state that they need to have planning done, feel free to contact me at radio at lawbob.com. And I will refer back to you information on how you can find those people. If you're ready to write something down, write down estateplanning.com. That's E-S-T-A-T-E planning, all one word, dot com. That is the consumer portal for Wealth Council, which is the um, organization of attorneys that I belong to across the country. We have somewhere between five and 6,000 members, and we all practice at a very high level. Estateplanning.com is where you can actually go and look up and see if there's an attorney in your area, whether it's somewhere else in California or somewhere else in the country, uh, whether it's for you or for a family member or a friend. And that's a good place to start. There's a lot of informational articles as well on that website. A lot of good information there, just like there's a lot of good information on my website at lawbob, com. Feel free to go there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Feel free to go there as well. I apologize for that cough. I I've had a pretty bad cold the last few days and it's wonderful to actually have my voice back, but it's not all there and every now and then I get a little tickle in my throat or in my chest and I have to cough. So, we're coming up on the first break of the show today. I want to let you know I will be taking calls if you'd like to call in. The number is 800-516 1220, 1220, like the number of KDOW, 800 1220 Or you can email me at radio at lawbob.com if you have any questions or comments about um, the show today. So uh, after this break, we'll be coming back and I'll start covering some situations that people are facing around the state of California, uh, giving the situation and giving commentary on possible solutions. Uh, So until then, this is Attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll talk with you after the break.
0: This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Hi, welcome back. Well, I, I took the first segment of the show today to kind of outline a number of things, <clears throat> including my upcoming seminar and how you can actually um, how you can actually watch my seminar uh, on YouTube if you're not able to come to a live seminar. I wanted to add as a corollary to all that that I am available to speak and and present my seminar to your organization. Uh, here in the Bay Area, as long as it's within, say, 20 miles of my office in Cambrian Park, I, I'm I'm not going to go to San Francisco or up to Richmond or, or up into Contra Costa County or something like that. But if you're in San Mateo County, Santa Clara County, uh, probably Alameda County, uh, southern Alameda County, I should say, and uh, maybe in um, little parts further south. If you have an organization that you think would benefit from having a seminar excuse me, yeah, there's that cold again. If you have an organization that you think would benefit from having someone like me, who's an expert in this field, come in and talk about estate planning, living trusts, probate avoidance, conservatorship avoidance, and all those things that I do in my seminars. You can email me at radio at lawbob dot And we can start a conversation about how I might be able to come out to your location, uh, bring out handout materials for your group. Um, I have projector and laptop and even a screen that can be set up if you don't have any of those things where you're at. And I can come out and talk with your group. I'm willing to do that. It could be something done during the daytime. It could be perhaps done a a weekday evening, or perhaps even sometime on a weekend. So, if that's something that you're interested in, can't guarantee I'll agree to it, but you can always contact me at radio at lawbob.com, radio at lawbob.com, and uh, we can start a conversation about that. <clears throat> so, let me move on to uh, questions and comments from around the state of California. These are actual situations where people have asked questions of attorneys such as myself. And uh, I'm going to ask those questions here on the air and give some of those answers. If you're new to my show, um, that's typically how I conduct my show. Uh, If you're not new to the show, then you're very familiar with this. So here is a question. Can the beneficiary of a trust also be the trustee of the same trust? My grandfather passed away. He had two children, my dad and my aunt. Then my dad passed away before my granddad and my aunt, who is the beneficiary of the trust, became the trustee in the first trust. Then, um, let's see, then it looks like uh, grand, grandfather redid the trust to make the aunt the only beneficiary, which means it sounds like this person who is a grandchild was cut out of receiving anything from uh, from the grandfather when the grandfather died. Um, certainly, the beneficiary of a trust can also be the trustee of the same trust. That's very, very common. Uh, but here, the bigger question is, uh, did the grandfather have the right to redo the entire trust after... Um, um, did he have the right to redo the entire trust? It looks like he clearly did have the right. If he decided he just wanted things to go to his children, then it looks like he decided everything is going to go to his daughter and nothing to his son's um, uh, child or children. Now, that doesn't mean that the aunt in this case, who is the daughter of, of the grandfather, it doesn't mean that the aunt didn't exercise some kind of influence on the grandfather to induce him to cut out the grandchild or grandchildren on the other side. Um, That's a a separate question and a separate issue. And in the case of this person, it's something I would say you might want to look into. What was the state of mind of your grandfather when he made this uh, change? Uh, Was he mentally competent? Was he being cared for by the aunt who may have improperly induced him or influenced him to completely change the estate plan and leave everything to her. Uh, Those are the burning questions that uh, often come up in situations like this. Sometimes it's perfectly ordinary thing that people will make a change like this. Sometimes they were kind of unduly or improperly influenced to make a change. There's no way to tell from the question whether it's the latter case or the former case. But uh, those are some of the issues that might be ri- uh, might arise here. Okay, how do I obtain the tax identification number for a trust that I am the trustee over? Well, there's the, basically you can apply online uh, using the form SS-4 from the Internal Revenue Service. They give you a way to apply for that tax identification number online. I would recommend don't try to do it on your own. <clears throat> have an estate planning attorney or, uh, or a CPA assist you with that because it's easy to answer questions incorrectly in the online application form. And it, it's kind of hard to correct mistakes if you make a mistake when you apply and, and you don't do it correctly. But you can apply online that way, or you can download the form, fill it out by hand, and mail it or fax it to the Internal Revenue Service In order to get a tax ID number. Okay, Um, so what's the difference when a restated trust name is different from the original trust name? So it says here, Dad restated a living trust, but I notice it has a different name from the original. Would that be considered a completely separate trust? Uh, Would the act of restating consider it to be a new trust? And if there's amendments made afterwards referencing only the original trust name and date, uh, is that amendment valid? Um, It's a really good question. I I would start first by saying, does the restated trust refer to the original trust in any way? Does it say, uh, I, John Smith, on such and such a date, I executed the John Smith Living Trust and reserved the right to amend that trust. So on this date... I amend and restate um as follows the John Smith Revocable Living Trust dated the original trust date. If it has the original trust date, the original creator of the trust, and the name is similar, it really shouldn't be an issue. Um and, and it and unless there's actual transfers that take place of property into the new trust name, which presumably would have a new trust date if it was intended to be a new trust. I don't think there's really an issue to worry about there. Um, that's kind of the, uh, that would be my opinion about that. Well, we're coming up on the second break of the show today, and we'll be heading into the second half of the show in a short time. I want to tell you, you can call in 800-516-1220. That's 800 800- 516 1220. If you'd like to ask a question or talk with me on the air, don't worry. I'm very gentle on the air. You don't have to worry about me biting your head off or anything like that, unlike some talk show hosts that will that will rip you up if they don't like what you're saying. <laughs> Feel free to give a call 800 516 1220. Barring that, I will finish the show with more questions and comments from around the state. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio. And we'll talk with you after the break.
0: Now back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman.
1: Hi, welcome back. Um, I've been told that I have Eva from Fremont on the phone. Eva, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, welcome to the show. Are you a uh, first time listener or long time listener? You're both? First time first-time listener. Well, welcome to the show. I hope you, you keep coming back and visiting me often in the future. So, what is your I question?
0: Work. So, I have a trust, and I have three charities that are receiving everything upon my desk. And I want to change mm-hmm. one of the charities to a different charity. Can I just cross out the one charity right in the other charity's name
1: and initial it? It's an excellent question. I'll tell you, depending on the charity you cross out, I might say that will be fine, or I might say don't you dare. Um, some charities are very aggressive when they're left bequests in someone's estate plan. Um what you would want to do and what I would recommend that you do, and this is something you could even do on your own, is that you write up or have an attorney write up for you an amendment to the trust, and you can use, um, say, something like, this is the first amendment to the the Jane Smith trust dated such and such a date, and uh, and I hereby make the following change and then repeat all the language of the section that makes that gift only substitute in the new charity's name for the old charity's name and then then you'd have language something like um, and I hereby republish the rest of my trust uh, as it exists you know signed on such and such a date and you sign your name and Even better, have your name notarized, have an acknowledgment put on that so that you have a formal change. I I tell people all the time, resist the urge to mark up an original estate document of any kind and make changes on the face of it. Um, Those kinds of things are called interlineations. That's what we call them in the law. And it's possible to successfully delete something from a document, but maybe not successfully put in what you intended to put in because of the way it's done. And if that's the case, you can end up with a hole in the document. And if you have a hole in an estate planning document, there's only one person who can legally fill that hole or figure out what's there, and that's a probate judge. So you so you don't want to mess with the original. But you could certainly do even just a a simple handwritten amendment that says I hereby amend section whatever it is and I wish to replace ABC charity with XYZ charity Um, and then you date it and sign it and maybe have your signature notarized have a notary acknowledgement on there and then put that with your papers that's going to be sufficient to make the change but I wouldn't write on the document and make the change
0: okay did that
1: answer that for you Uh,
0: okay you're very welcome it bye-bye
1: okay bye-bye well thank you eva from fremont i i forgot to i was talking with my engineer marco uh during the break and and wondering whether or not eva had a friend named wally but i wasn't quite sure if if how that would go over but eva if you're still listening and you know who Wally is? I can tell you that that is one of my kids and my favorite films. So, and Eva is a very important character in that film. Um, so, uh, hope the rest of you maybe got a little laugh from that. Yes, um, I do have friends named Eva, and uh, and they've seen the movie as well. So they would they would understand the joke. So here um, here's an interesting one out of San Diego. Um, Can real estate in an A-B trust be reassessed because an affidavit of death was not filed for one of the trustees? So, first of all, if an A-B trust is one where you have a husband and a wife. We'll start with that. And this sounds like one of the husband or the wife has died. And the question is, would the assessor's office reassess? Well, they're not going to do that. Um, If one of the spouses is still alive, because um, even if the property has now gone to um, to the surviving spouse, um, there's no reassessment because there is a, a spousal exclusion from reassessment. If some interest in real estate is supposed to go to a B trust, which is what we call a bypass trust that has the surviving spouse as the current beneficiary. There's no change of ownership subject to reassessment. Um, if the bypass trust says it's for the benefit of the children of this couple, then there would be no reassessment because of a parent to child exemption or exclusion from reassessment. So I think in this situation, just because they haven't taken any steps to file an affidavit to take the name off of the spouse that died, to take it off of the real property, that does not automatically trigger any kind of a reassessment. Um, The reassessment happens when property is actually transferred to someone who is not eligible for an exclusion from reassessment. And that's pretty much everyone in the world except a surviving spouse, registered domestic partner, and that's registered at the state level, not in a city like San Francisco where you can do that. has to be with the state. Or a child of the person, which can include a son or daughter-in-law, as long as uh, they were still married with the child. Um, uh, They can be included as a child for the exclusion. And then a grandchild could qualify for the exclusion if the grandchild's parent, who was the child, is deceased, and if the other parent if there was no marriage in the first place or if there was a marriage but it ended in the death of the other parent or there was a marriage and it ended in divorce and the other parent it was divorced and has not and has um excuse me uh in the death of the child parent and then their uh their widow or widower is still alive um but has remarried, then they're no longer considered the child of the parent, and you could have a grandparent to grandchild exclusion from reassessment. Those aren't nearly as common, although I'm dealing with one of those right now. Um, it, It maybe comes up every two or three years in my practice where we have a grandchild that is eligible for the exclusion from reassessment. Now here, out of Los Angeles, this person has questions about creating an irrevocable trust. You're going to find out in my answer that that is not necessary. Mom has terminal cancer and had medical benefits. Now, medical benefits are basically benefits paid by the state for people who do not have resources. It could be paid for a nursing home. It could be paid for health insurance, things like that. Question. If she creates a trust and puts the home in the trust and transfers the owner name of the home to the children, do we have to alert Medi-Cal? Or does Medi-Cal automatically know we created that trust? We're trying to avoid Medi-Cal asset recovery. Well, I understand that. Here's the way you do that. If someone just has their residence, they can create a revocable trust, revocable living trust transfer the title of the residence into the revocable living trust, have the trust provide that on death, the is passed on to the children, and that will not be subject to asset recovery by the state for that particular asset for that house. Uh, if they, if it's put into that house though, if it's put into that trust and transferred out to the children while the person's still alive, that's going to be a problem that's going to probably um probably trigger um some kind of medical consequence but here it's easy you don't need to do an irrevocable trust you can do a revocable living trust which is better by the way because then the uh the children can receive the property at its market value at the date of death of the parent and that's market value for income tax purposes and they could then sell it and pay no capital gains income tax okay so here um, I'm co-trustee for the trust of my parents my dad passed and the estate attorney advised to put my name along with my mom on the deed to the house to make it easier to sell after she passes now what they're really talking about there is go on as a co-trustee with mom on the deed to the house so that when mom passes this person is already the trustee and doesn't have to take any steps to establish that they're the trustee. It doesn't mean go on to the deed as a co-owner of the house, like the child now is an owner directly of the house. That would be a bad mistake. So um, this is appropriate. Um, Here the issue is a sister thinks she should be in charge, and I don't want her to hold up the sale after mom passes. Well, You know, if sister's going to create a problem, she's going to create it no matter who's on the title when mom dies. Um, That's just the way it is. Being on the title, um, you can start to sell the property. But if she wants to make problems, she'll make problems regardless. Uh, And if that's the case, then you might want to see whether or not the trust actually has some kind of provision for uh, sister not receiving any inheritance. If she goes and tries to overturn everything. Okay, here's a quick question, last question for this segment. Does a special needs trust have to be titled as such? I would say the answer is no, as long as it has the appropriate language in it, uh, that a special needs trust, um, in this case, a self-settled trust set up with the person's own property. Um, As long as it has the magic language in there, it should be a special needs trust. But it's better to have it in the title so it's very clear to... Uh, the Department of Health Services, that it is, in fact, a special needs trust. So we're coming up on the third break of the show today. Um, This is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll talk with you after the break in the last segment.
0: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning, trust, and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman.
1: Well, welcome back. We're in the final segment of our show today. I hope that you have found it informative and entertaining. Fortunately, my my voice is almost completely back now after being sick for most of the week. And um, it's good knowing that I can go into the weekend with uh, with most of my health back. So uh, those of you out there who are listening who may be fighting colds or the flu yourself right now, I feel your pain and um and and I know this is a miserable time of year to have a cold or the flu and uh we're about to get hit with another storm I guess for this weekend so batten down the hatches and uh, put on your rain slickers and and rain hats and be prepared to for for the downpour um but uh me I'm going to try and do all the work I need to do this week Uh, This weekend, do it indoors, and I I have a lot of work to get done this weekend uh, in my practice here. So we have time for um, a few more of these questions and comments from around the state, and then I'll close out for the day. Uh, In this case, uh, let's see, this is out of San Diego. Someone said, I'm the successor trustee of my mom's revocable living trust, which included real estate in California. Um, mom has died and we want to sell the house, do we have to retitle the property or can we sell it directly from the trust? Well, if you're talking about a property that that the whole family wants to sell, uh, you can sell it right out of the trust after mom has died. You'll have to get a tax ID number for the trust because it's now an irrevocable, no longer revocable trust and as long as it's sold and the proceeds are reported properly to the IRS on a tax return filed by the trust uh and and then distributed out to whoever the beneficiaries are so that they can report it on their tax returns as being the recipient of the proceeds of the sale yes it could be sold directly from the trust that's probably the most common thing um that they're that they'd be doing Okay um Okay, here this person said I'm 76 years old and own rentals before marrying a 36 years old lady. Okay, that's a massive May December right there. That's more like a February December marriage. Um now I married a, a younger lady who's uh, quite smart. Um, my wife is actually an attorney and she's a Stanford law graduate and Phi Beta Kappa Georgetown University. She's very, very bright, younger than I, but in this case, um, now my marriage has been going 21 years now. In this case, he says it's not working out. I, I've kept my money and my assets separate. I collect rents and may do a little stuff on my properties here and there. Does my separate property and accumulated rents remain my separate property? Now, this is basically more of a family law question than an estate or trust question. But the short answer is, as long as he's kept it completely separate from his marriage, as long as he hasn't used any money earned in the marriage to maintain his properties, and he's always kept it separate, then it probably will remain his separate property. That being said, if the marriage ends, his, uh, his younger wife, if she's not working, if she does not have resources or anything, she may be able to apply for uh, spousal support from him uh, and uh, for a living allowance and all kinds of things. So even though he can keep his property separate, he may still end up having to uh, pay, pay, pay for having married uh, this, this younger woman. OK, let's see. No, All right. That's that's not a case. All right. All right. I'm not sure where this question came from. Someone asking about asylum and they're thinking it's an estate planning question. So we'll kind of drop that one. OK. So what can be done about unanswered requests for my distribution which was to be given as soon as practicable after death I'm a beneficiary under a trust who is specifically stated to be granted a specific amount of cash all tangible property and a house as soon as practicable after death of the person who set up the trust I do not have a cooperative relationship with the co-trustees And I'm forced to send communications to the estate attorney, who then conveys messages to them. It was, it's been nearly six months since death. I was instructed to take over all the accounts in my name by the end of 90 days. I did. The house came by way of a grant deed titled in my name at 90 days. Sounds good so far. I had to reinsure two vehicles in the house. I've requested title transfers of the vehicles, but haven't gotten a response or the titles. The money was a key factor as it was specifically intended to support me while I put the house up for sale. I have no other support as I was a dependent of the deceased. I've been making mortgage payments and covering all associated bills with personal savings. I need the inheritance now. I feel like I'm being stonewalled. What can I do? In a case like that, you may actually have to go to court and uh, make a demand and have the court order it to be distributed to you. Six months is not a long time for distribution, by the way. But that being said, that's what this person may need to do. So we're winding up the show today. want to let you all remind you all that I do have a seminar coming up on December, uh, December, 15th, no, December 14th, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. in my office in San Jose. You can go to lawbob.com to register or eventbrite.com. To register. So until next Friday, this is Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio. I hope you have a great weekend and try to keep dry. Talk with you next week.
0: You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio.